Hello and welcome to the Baggies broadcast. This is episode 28. My name is Luke Hatfield and as always, I am joined by the one and only Matt Wilson, our West Brom correspondent. And Matt, how are you? Yeah, very well. Thank you, very well. Um, didn't get too burnt in the bank holiday sun because I was working. Mm. Um, but yeah, very well. Um, amazed that we still got things to speak about at this stage <laughs> of the season, to be honest. Yeah, a couple of months ago I wouldn't have thought that. I thought we were going to be uh, trickling over the line, but we're certainly not. Uh, you did touch on the bank holiday weather. It certainly was nice out there, wasn't it? Yeah, but I, like I say, I was... Um, all weekend, was it? Well, not all weekend. Sunday I managed to get out, yeah. Oh, right. Okay. At least you got a little bit of sun. Uh, I tell you what, uh, we were we were pleased with the uh, the atmosphere at the Hawthorns over the weekend. That's one thing. I mean, the weather was great. That was the first time I've rocked a t-shirt to a game this season. Um, is that the best atmosphere you've seen at the Hawthorns this season? This season? Yes, I think it is. Um, I'm trying to think of uh, games that came close... I mean, I was thinking about the, the the best moment of the season, potentially when Sam Fields scored against Newcastle and Gary Megson was in charge. Yeah. But that ended on such a flat note because obviously Newcastle came back and, and equalised. So, yeah, I think from sort of naught to 90, uh, the full game, and then obviously that incredible finish, I think it was, um, yeah, I think it was the best atmosphere. And the fans deserve a lot of credit for... Um, their role in that game I, I, I really think they had a big part to play they certainly did um, is, what's the best atmosphere that you've you've ever experienced as as either a fan or a journalist um, I went to uh, Borussia Dortmund v Köln oh, last, nice. last year and uh, so it was the, it was the derby Dortmund v Köln and um we weren't in the yellow wall. We were actually the other side of the yellow. We were at the opposite end of the yellow wall. Sometimes that works better, though. But we could see it, and it was fantastic, and it was brilliant because there was. I mean, even though it was a derby, there was so many Cologne fans in, in with the Dortmund fans. Everyone was being lovely. Everyone was absolutely bladdered on beer, um, including myself. And it was a really poor game. It was actually, I think, it was nil nil. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember too much about it, but the atmosphere was fantastic, and everybody was. Um, Everybody was in, in in a great mood, and there was no trouble, and everyone was drunk, and they just do they just do football right in Germany, they really do, mm. and um, you know it was uh, it was fantastic to uh, to see and um, um, and a great atmosphere, but yeah, I think because because obviously I'm invested in in this um, in this great escape. Mm. Um, Saturday was. I don't think my heart has ever raced as as much as that at a football game. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think of what it might have done, um, and I can't. I mean, even I suppose even the Great Escape in 2005, which was amazing, but it, it just didn't have that sort of crescendo in injury time like like this game. It was it was pure pure elation. I- I think and, the scrappiness of the goal probably added to it because nobody knew where we were sat, whether it was in, whether it was wide, whether the ref was going to blow for a free kick. And then when the crowd, looked, that was the thing, which when the crowd went up, that's when we obviously knew. Well, it was, yeah, there was, there were players strewn on the floor, there was carnage on the floor, there was chaos in the stands. Um, I think uh, Jez Mulholland, who does the Albion radio, summed it up brilliantly because I've listened to his. Um, his commentary back yeah, mm. since then tried to relive it and uh, he said um, something along the lines of we don't know who scored and we don't care something like that and he was screaming down the mic I mean it was it was absolutely 
absolutely fantastic and um, yeah a day that regardless of what happens tonight or regardless of what happens this week it's a day that I think will live long in the memory I think these games even if Albion go down um, will we'll go down in, in club folklore because if they go down they'll, they'll go down valiantly under Darren Moore mm. um, okay the rest of the season has been dreadful but you know this little six game stint under, under Darren has been fantastic so um, even if they go down it'll go down in folklore but obviously if they stay up then it'll be the most remarkable of great escapes that I think not just the Premier League but arguably English British football has ever seen because mm. it was it was it was so so unlikely and um, everybody had, had had written them off. Everybody, complete. I think the only person that actually might have believed it was Jimmy Shan, <laughs> who seems to be the only person who. Um, maybe Darren Moore as well I don't know but he, he keeps playing straight back to those questions about relegation so but James Shan always seems to think uh, you know I've heard that he's he goes around saying oh if this result goes our way or if this goes, result goes our way well mm. we might have a chance and I've got you've got to love that ambition you've got to love that um, that uh, the, the pure optimism the there. pure optimism yeah I think that sums Jimmy up as a person actually he's a fantastically optimistic person and a real dedicated hard worker who believes that you know if you if you put the effort in you you do get what you what, what you deserve and listen they could beat Palace um, at the weekend, and it could all be moot, and they, they could go down. But in a way, in a, in a way it's, not, it's not for nothing. Even if they go down, it's it's a, provide them a really, really, really big platform for next season and mm. for the summer ahead. And it's completely rejuvenated the club and and, and um, restored the love in many ways. I mean, you just have to look at what happened after the game on Saturday mm. when the fan when the players walked around um, the pitch in the lap of appreciation. Okay, it was restrained. Okay, it was sheepish at times, but. Eight yeah. weeks ago, it wouldn't have been restrained. Oh, there would have been booze all over. The well, place. they wouldn't. They wouldn't have. They wouldn't have done it. I mean, it would have been impossible before Darren Moore came in. So, you know, it's it's even if they go down, it, it's such a positive end to a end to a poisonous season that yeah, um, it, it it's only good. But uh, <laughs> I mean, if they stay up, I, I honestly, it last week it was eight thousand to one. Mm. So that's how unlikely it is. But yeah. now, now I think it's down to about hundred to one or something. Yeah. So it's still unlikely, but um, starting tonight, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, you've segued perfectly for me. I was going to ask you: Is this actually possible? The greatest of escapes? It would be the greatest of escapes. You've seen the likes of Leicester and Wigan a couple of years in a row. But is this is this actually possible, Matt? It is possible. Of course, it's possible. Um, all the results you can you could see happening because. People might be listening to this after tonight's game, um, so they might know already. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's Swansea at home to Southampton. Now, Southampton have been the team who have been who have looked far more on form than Swansea, but Swansea are at home. So that might cancel each other out. So if you thought Southampton were going to win that, um, the fact that Swansea are at home might get them over the line mm. um, and they might win it, or they might cancel each other out for a draw because of the, those reasons. Yeah, neither side will want to lose that game. And neither side will want to lose. And you've got to remember, that's a very good point, and you've got to remember that Southampton had that crushing blow as well in the last minute against Everton and they dominated that game against a really poor Everton team on the on the beach we were five minutes away from hitting the button on the Albion relegated story there though by the way yeah well I'm glad you didn't because you have to wait to the full time whistle but um, I was in the car on the way home from the Hawthorns and I, I thought it was done I thought I was going to have to pull over and and you know tweet a confirmation that Albion had been relegated but actually um, somehow they, they're still alive it's unbelievable but um so that game could be a draw. Of course it could be a draw. It's going to be a real tense game tonight. Of course it could be a draw. Mm. Um, if we get through that, of course Manchester City could blast Southampton away 4-0. Yeah. 
yeah. at home. I think it's I think it's at Manchester City. I can do some um, research into that, but either way, but they, you'd, you'd have your money on. But Man listen, City. They, they just drew nil nil with Huddersfield, and, I, and you know, knowing Guardiola the way he is, he, he he won't accept that. He'll say, "Look, come on, let's let's send off the season in, in, in a fitting way. Let's let's uh, put a show on." Um, Man City are away. Man City are away. Okay, well, either way, I mean, Man City is still capable of doing that. Um, Swansea at home to Stoke that's the tough one isn't it Stoke already down but maybe they will be playing with pressure off them mm-hmm. trying to put themselves in the shop window yeah. I don't know I don't know I mean that for me that's probably the tough one but if Swansea scrape a nil-nil draw tonight against Southampton and they are a bad team Swansea and they're on a rubbish run of form then you never know they could lose to Stoke um, and then we've got to beat Palace and Palace are safe they're on the beach hopefully uh, they're a good team, Palace. Very good team, aren't they? I mean, you look at what they've done under under Hoisin. He's done a fantastic job. Mm. If he'd have been there the whole season, I think I think the points tally that would have worked out as they finish in eighth or seventh. So, yeah. I mean, look, they're they're a brilliant team who are riding high in confidence, but they're now safe. So maybe there will be a little exhalation of ah, oh, few we've done it. Uh, the final day of the season, Albion got a bit more to fight for. And listen, we've been here before, two thousand and five. We needed four results to go away on the final day. This year we need four results to go away uh, in the final week. So, look, it's very unlikely, but if it happens, um, I was going to make a bold statement there, but I, I don't know what I'll do. I'll probably just get really, really drunk. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's going to be, well, once I've finished the paper. You'll have deserved it after the season you've had, mate. Once I've finished, well, yeah, once I've finished the paper. But no, I mean, you say that, but, you know, I, I, I don't have to pay to go to all these games. And a lot of fans yeah. do. And, Actually, um, they deserve it more more than anyone else, more than the players, more, um, you know, probably on a par with, with the likes of Darren Moore and, and James Shannon and Neil Cutler. The fans deserve it because they've been through thick and thin um, and, and a lot of a lot of bad times this season. Mm. So, I mean, if they can stay up on the final day of the season, it's, it would be outrageous it would be and you know what else would be outrageous you know that bet that I mentioned last week oh yeah is that still on so I've put that on right so not this isn't the bet which we talked about the 8,000 to 1 shot this was the bet we talked about in the last podcast it was 500 to 1 with bet 365 for having to avoid relegation yeah now the maximum bet I could put on unfortunately was only 2 pounds ah right this is this is because of a previous niggle between me and bet 365 which we won't go into on this podcast basically I used to do a lot a lot of basketball bets the time, their odds were were somewhat inflated for basketball because they didn't have too much coverage of it, and I won a fair bit of money, which then reduced my maximum betting allowance with Bet Three Six Five. I didn't know they did that. They do, uh, they do. They keep an eye on it, and then depending on how much you're winning, they can reduce your maximum number of bets oh. or maximum amount you put on. So I could only put two pound on it, but it was by far the best odds I could find in terms of just Albion avoiding relegation, not the results which they needed. So I put the two pound on. Suddenly, Bet365 are offering me a fiver to cash out now. Off two quid already. So they're a little bit scared. But I will stick with the the, outrage, the semi-outrageous claim that I made, which I would buy one lucky listener and I'll be sure. So you'd get £1,000, would you? And then you'd yeah. Buy it. Uh, that's not bad. Because I, um, I put an accumulator on last week and it was 13,000 to one or something. Yeah, so that was all the results which I That was all the needed. results, but I, the reason it, it fa- it's already failed because I had Everton to win. And yeah. Obviously, they drew. I made the same mistake. So I think I think a few people who, who did that did that did exactly the same thing. So I, I'm not I, I'm not a gambler. I don't know how I don't really bet too much. Mm. Um, so I don't know how to do the sort of the, the draw and the win. The double result. The double. Yeah. I don't know how to do that. So I was just clicking buttons. 
uh, like a monkey. So <laughs> I, um, I, I, I lost. I mean, but to be honest, if 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 they stay up and it cost me five quid for them to stay up, hallelujah, you know, it's worth yeah. it because it would be just a remarkable story. And what what a way to cap off a, 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 a you know, in many ways, a, a strange and, and remarkable season as well. Mm. Um, you know, it's been a bizarre season for a, a number of reasons and there's been no shortage of drama. Um, and this would just be the most dramatic thing to cap off the most dramatic season. Mm. So listen in next week. If, if Albion, if we're recording next week and Albion have stayed up we'll be listening. on the beers we, we will be but we'll do a podcast first so we'll be sober for a podcast and we will exp- well you might be well yeah I will be I have to I have to as host I feel like I have to hold some professionalism in terms of the level of alcohol I nearly to be fair I nearly, I nearly lost that professionalism on the weekend <laughs> yes I know you told me how to delete a tweet is that not allowed then swearing uh, apparently not um, right okay I was told from a higher up so Oh right, okay. My higher up, of course, is Nathan Judah, so it's not some too high up, but no. higher higher up than myself. So he, swearing is not allowed. Yeah, I mean, prefer, preferably keep the swearing. Maybe maybe just throw some stars in next time, as okay. opposed yeah, as opposed to uh, just just airing the word. But I mean, we didn't retweet it from the Express and Starfish account. Otherwise, that could have been really dangerous. But anyway, listen in next week. If Albion are up, there will be a chance to win a home shirt for next season with a name and number on. We will decide how that is. Is all sorted out after the name and number's got to be more 05, isn't it? I mean, well, well, I mean or, 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 well, I was thinking, see, the, the competition could be what we could record in the last episode is you pick a player who has performed best under Darren Moore. Oh, so the people have to listen to the podcast to then enter the competition. So the, the question will be, who did Matt Wilson pick as a player? That's good. There we go. I like I, that. I thought this through already, mate. I've got oh, that's hard. There's a couple of ideas there. Yeah. Could be a couple. Oh, there's, could oh, be a couple. There's, there's four. There's four real standout, and people probably know who those are. Four real standout guys that have uh, performed well under him. I mean, oh. the, to be fair, the whole team has, but there are four fantastic. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll pick. We'll, we'll pick one to go on the shirt, and okay. then one lucky listener will have a chance to win it. If 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 Albion managed to stay up, not if when 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 Albion stay up. Either way, let's talk. Let's talk about the game because we've been going for 15 minutes now. I've even mentioned the game we we're at. West Brom one, Spurs nil. I mean. It we struggled to describe that after the game, didn't we? Well, it was like a it was a white knuckle ride from for ninety minutes, and it was um, you know Spurs had majority of the ball and um, they were probing. Although Albion were keeping them at arm's length, it was a fantastically defensive, drilled and disciplined performance that for me was really built on the foundations. <coughs> okay, Pardon me. it was really built on the foundations laid by Tony Pulis. Now I've seen a few people say, you know. One of the reasons not to give Darren Moore the job would be that he's winning these games 1-0. He's just essentially playing the same football that Tony Pulis did. And I've got a big problem with that because what do you expect him to be to be doing when you're scrapping for your lives at the bottom of the table, when you're playing teams like Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, um, Newcastle, who are good at home this season, um, and when you've just come off the back of a nine-game losing streak, what do you, he's not going to go out and play expansively, especially with the squad he's got. Mm. He's gone. He's been sensible. He's gone back to basics, and um, he's he, he's 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 done what this what is effective for this squad. And for me, the real crucial thing of the weekend. Now, I don't like to get into all these um, fancy statistics, but even though Spurs had three quarters of possession, even though they had more shots, more shots on target. The expected goals ratio, mm. Albion blitzed them, absolutely blitzed them. There was something, Albion was like two, two and a half goals, which is really high. Yeah. And Spurs was 1.1 or something like that. 
Um, and that just shows you how effective this team is. Mm. They are creating big chances when they have the ball, um, be it from a set piece or open play. Matt Phillips, when he absolutely burned Danny Rose and, and cut the ball back for Solomon Rondon, Rondon should have done better. Although I did think he had a good game overall, and you know he was getting kicked to pillar and post by um, three centre backs, and did really well up there by himself. Yeah. Um, you know, I think they're very effective under Darren Moore, and just because he's playing this way now for five games does not mean that he cannot play another way. Mm. You know, um, I, he's done his coaching badges. He's been a youth team coach for a long time. He's been a first team coach now for a few months. I, you know, all of the reasons that I previously had. To not um, in my mind to not give him the job are just ebbing away week by week, um, and it's now getting to the stage where well if they stay up they have to give him the job yeah they can't not I mean he's performed a miracle even if but even if they I mean say they say they beat Palace last day of the season right and they go down mm. do, what do you not give him the job then. It's, He's it's, been unbeaten with a team who lost however many yeah. on the bounce beforehand. Now, I know it's only six games. And I know I was saying just a few weeks ago, you can't judge a manager after so many games. But this is all we've got to judge him on. Yeah. And actually, there does come a time when you, you have to take a punt on someone. And we went for experience in Alan Pardew. Alan Pardew had over 800 games under his belt. And he turned out to be an absolute disaster. Perhaps experience isn't the key. Perhaps the key is... Are they actually good at what they're doing? And Darren Moore is good at what he's doing. There is no doubt about that. Now, I understand all the arguments for why you might need somebody um, who has built up a squad before. Um, and I've said those arguments myself. And I'm wrestling with it, as I have, have been pretty much the last two or three weeks. But Moore, Darren Moore keeps rising to every single test. Mm. And you can say what you want about the, the performance on Saturday, whether you thought it was uh, Pulis-esque, but it was the right performance against that Spurs team. Yeah. Because they nullified that attack. Kane had one or two chances. But they nullified that attack. They kept them at arm's length. And then they threatened um, at times in, from open play and at times from set pieces. And in the end, they got the, they got the job done. When Darren made his substitutions, you know, he threw on his big hitters. He threw on Sturridge, Chadley, Krakowiak. The, you know, the well-paid stars who, okay... They they haven't performed this this season for one whatever reason you know injury um, or, or 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 being played up position or whatever reason it is mm. but he threw them on thinking right th- these are the best players I've got on the bench you know are they going to turn the tide for me and I think they did I think I think that after those subs you saw a shift yeah and now being more and more and, and the crowd helped as well of course. But the more and more they were, they were, they were getting forward, and they, the, the ball was moving further up the other end, wasn't it, towards the Brummy Road end? Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously a shrewd manager, and for me, another flip to his cap was when that video of of him when the ball goes in, and around him, everybody's going loopy, and he's staying completely still, so cool, unfazed. And he, 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 he takes it all in, he gets back up off his knees, and the first thing he does is he shouts at one of his of one of the team members and says, switch on, points to his head, switch on. Mm. For me, that's a leader. For me, that's somebody who's in the game, who's who knows what it, who knows what um he needs to do, knows how to get the job done. Listen, so so what if he if it it, it turns out into a disaster um in December? And we we have to we have to maybe part ways with him, mm. but actually, won't there always be that that concern that we missed the boat if we don't go with him now? Yeah, 
that that's my that's that's my worry. You know, we understand that from what I can gather, um, there are two men really in the frame for the job: Dean Smith and Darren Moore. Mm. And I think either of them are good are, are good shouts. I really do. I, I I've said several times before that Dean Smith would be my choice because he's worked with Neil Cutler at Warsaw. He plays an exciting and attacking brand of football. He's a coach on an upward trajectory. Um, he knows the area. His coach, Richard O'Kelly, is a former West Brom coach. You know, they, they would be well, willing, I think, to, to, to work with the staff already there. Um, and, you know, in many ways that Darren Moore is, he, he, Dean, Dean Dino is essentially a nice bloke. Mm. But then you, get, you almost get to the stage where actually it would be unfair not to give Darren the job. Mm. What more could he do? I mean, what more... What I don't understand what more we could do. He's beating everybody. And, you know, I, I just don't know what more we could do. So it, it's it, it's a real tricky one. Um, but as each week passes, you know, the argument for Darren Moore grows stronger and stronger. Mm. Um, if they stay up, they have to give it to Darren Moore, really, because... Um, he's worked. He's worked an absolute miracle, and also it, the majority of that squad will stay. So yeah. they'll, and they look there, and they they all want to play for him. And Dean Smith's okay, up and coming manager, but he hasn't got Premier League experience. So actually, why are you appointing him ahead of Darren Moore? Yeah. Now, if they go down, I can understand the reasons why you plump for Smith completely. I completely get it. You know, he plays great football. Um, he's worked, done really well at Warsaw. Done really well at Brentford. Um, in you know in tricky situations in both of those clubs, and um, I think he's ready for the step up. Mm. Um, but then, then again, if you give it, you know, there 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 is that risk that you're 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 failing to capitalise on what is a the the emergence and the birth of a fantastic manager. Yeah. You know? um, I suppose the only way around that is if you appoint Dean Smith, but you almost discussed with him before any appointment is made. You say Darren Moore is staying, and he's staying, he's staying in, a, in, a, in a in a position where he can, you know, if 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 and when Dean Smith would leave, that yeah. he would be the man to yeah. step in. Yeah, groom him, groom him as the next the next cab off the rank. Uh, yeah, the only problem with that is that that creates a situation where the manager's looking over his shoulder. Yeah. Um, and listen, Darren is not the sort of person, and this is probably why he's refused to say he wants the job or not, Darren is not the sort of person to push anybody out or threaten anybody. But it's it's now a really tough job for somebody to come in and and be, and, and, and if Darren Moore is going to be incorporated into that, I mean, say somebody came in and Darren left. Yeah. Then... You've got a lot to live up to, mm-hmm. but say you come in and you incorporate him into your backroom stuff. You've also got a lot, a lot to live up to because yeah. he's there. I, it's 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 a real difficult. I mean, he's giving everyone a headache it's a, and and a, a good headache, but it's a real difficult um, thing to navigate now. Yeah, and I, I genuinely don't, don't don't know what the answer is. But more and more, I'm coming around to the idea that yeah, why not? Because the, this sort of stuff, this sort of feeling and uh, and this. Um, team spirit and team cohesion and upward trajectory and everybody's pulling in the same direction not just the team but the club and the staff and the fans everybody is right behind this one person doesn't happen very often even football fans from other teams are behind him doesn't happen very often 
So you you might you might you might you know by actually not by actually not taking the risk, you might be taking a more of a risk. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly what you mean. Uh, you know what else Darren Moore's good at? He's making he's good at making Wolves fans uh, look a bit silly. <laughs> <laughs> Because um, for those who weren't at the game, uh, well, me and Matt couldn't actually witness this firsthand because of the position we we're in. Uh, Wolves fans decided to fly a little bit of a cheeky banner over the Hawthorns, and it—I'm not going to lie—that's an expensive joke to backfire, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that, I mean, it's absolutely funny. It's absolutely flipping hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. Um, I don't know what the what did the banner say? It said it was it was boing, something boing, yeah, boing, boing, bye bye bag. Hashtag Wolves away. I yeah. Mean, the simple fact that they've put a hashtag on uh, a plane banner is embarrassing enough, to mm. be honest. Um, listen, I don't mind it too much because I, I'm all for a bit of uh, you know, a bit, a bit of ribaldry and and, and and jokes, and it, it wasn't it wasn't really malicious. Yeah. It was quite um, quite playful. You know, the, the terminology. Sometimes you see these planes flown over, and and they can be a bit spiteful and a bit and a bit horrible. But I, mm. I don't. I think it was good natured in its intentions. But it is absolutely hilarious that it backfired, isn't it? I mean, yeah. it's it's brilliant. And and the brilliant thing is, I tweeted, well, oh, it looks like that plane was a bit premature. Mm. And then when Southampton scored, a bunch of Wolves fans said, oh, no, it wasn't. And then <laughs> Everton equalised in the last minute, to which a bunch of Albion fans responded, uh, yes, it was. Yeah. So, look, it's, 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 it's all good natured, that stuff. Um, I mean... I'm, I'm not really uh, keen on, on this whole let's fly planes over stadiums um, trope that sort of seems to have um, now become a thing but uh, it, it, it's made even more funnier when it backfires like that so yeah I'm sure all the Wolves fans can see the, see the funny side of it but yeah. Uh, yeah absolutely fantastic stuff the fact that they scored in the last minute to make it pointless I just wish they'd flown the plane over in the 93rd minute that would have made it that would have topped it yeah, if, if they'd have flown it over when the goal time, went in, full time rather than uh, the start, then kick off, yeah, yeah, it yeah. would have it would have been superb. But you did touch on the likes of Chad Lee Sturridge and uh, obviously Kukoviak coming on. Do you think it was? I mean, it's, you've already kind of answered this question. Do you think it was strange to see Loney's like Chad Lee? No, what uh, like I, what, sorry, Sturridge no, and Kukoviak brought in. No, because no, and the reason why is that Darren Moore isn't looking at that. I think what he's what he's looking at is how to win the game of football. Mm. And, um, you know, as I said last week, I've been writing that it was time to give Sam Field a chance, it's time to look to the future, it's time to give Oli Burke a chance. And what Darren has done is taking it game by game. He's not looking that, that far in the future. And whilst there's still a chance, you know, I mean, who knows what he would have done if Albin had been relegated two weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he would have binned them off. But actually, at the weekend... Those were the right substitutions. I fully believe that, um, and to to a certain extent, well, we're paying them the best part of a million pounds and probably even more than that a month. A lot of money, cumulative, you know, cumulatively in the, in their wages. So yeah, let's let's use them to get us out of this mess. Mm. I mean, no, I thought it was the right thing to do at that time. Um, and listen, um, Sam Field is a fantastic talent, and if we're in the championship next season. I hope he has a, a big part to play and I hope he, he, he becomes a first team regular. Um, but at that stage of the season, when you've got Sturridge and Chadley and Krakowiak on the bench, hmm. yeah, throw them on. Um, I'm almost um, going against what, I, what I've said in recent weeks, but I think 
it, well, it worked. It worked. Yeah. And you, you can't deny that. Do you reckon we're going to get a line out of Darren Moore, which isn't going to be, I'm just taking it one game at a time, if results go Albion's way tonight, obviously recording this Tuesday afternoon, if, if results go Albion's way tonight, are we going to finally get a line out of Darren Moore saying, we're trying to stay up now? Because he hasn't really mentioned it yeah, before. Yeah, of course, of course, of course, because it's the final day of the season. Of course. If, if, if we, when we speak to him on Friday, if they're still in it, final day of the season. He's, say, he's going to say, well, I know what he'll say. He'll say, we're, we're going to focus on what we do and hope everything falls our way mm. that's all you can do I mean, that's, all, that's all you could do in 2005 focus on your own game get mm. your job done hope other things you can't, you can't affect other events so and that's the way he's taken the, the, the role and that's the way that's the perfect way you know he's not been bogged down in, in, in other results he's just focused on what he's on what he's doing and you know listen even with the results they've got they could have been relegated by now but they're not yeah. so um if the remarkable happens, then the remarkable happens. If it doesn't, he still deserves a lot of credit, mm. regardless. Let's talk about one man we haven't mentioned just yet in terms of next Albion manager, Lee Johnson, uh, one of the leading candidates with the bookies, but obviously we don't take into account that too much. You've already touched on who you think are the, the two men in the frame, obviously, and Moore and Smith. What's what's the latest on Lee Johnson? There was obviously links with, with him and Albion. Yeah, there's been links with him, but I mean, I, I was... Sort of got a bit of intel last week to say don't you know don't get excited by that. Mm. Um, he's not. He I mean I think he was somebody that may have been um, considered, as in um, okay he's a he is a manager in the championship who's doing okay at Bristol City. Yeah. Um, but I don't he was never approached in the same way that that Dean Smith or um, has been. Um, you know. So uh, no, he, that he he won't be coming. I mean, he won't be coming as far as as far as I can understand. I mean, unless they've got someone um, up their sleeve from left field, unless Terraneo has got some unknown Italian that that, that I'm not aware of, I, I think it's probably going to be um, either Dean Smith or, or, or Darren Moore at this stage. Mm. And um, obviously, touching on the board a little bit, Guachan Lai. He's made an addition. What does this What does this really mean for the club? Is this something that Albion fans should look at and think maybe behind the like un, between the lines or no? Um, essentially, um, the new board member, chap called Ken, who has been um, coming to the meetings, you know, the, the meetings between um, the owners and, and and the club for the last you know year and a half, um, is just another business associate, and, and this is Lai trying to strengthen his grip on the club because mm. he. When he bought the club uh, two years ago, or roughly two years ago, he wanted to buy a, a solid Premier League club um, that could run itself, essentially. Jeremy Peace advised him to get John Williams in. He wanted to keep uh, Mark Jenkins at the club. Mark wanted to leave. So then John Williams brought in Martin Goodman. Mm-hmm. Um, and then those two, obviously, it didn't work out. They they, they didn't run the club um, the way that Grouch Online wanted it to be run. Obviously, we know about the overdraft facility. We know yep. Albion are, are, in, are in relegation trouble. Um, so Lai is now deciding, well, I'm going to take over then. I'm going to have more of a say. I want to bring Mark back in because I trust Mark because he's, he's overseen the club during some some solid and um, fruitful times in the Premier League. So he's brought Mark Jenkins back. Yep. And he's going to, at the moment, we're expecting Pai, uh, uh, Pai Yu Lee 
who is the, the, the first member, his first business associate on the board, to be named, to be named chairman in the summer. And uh, Kei Zhu, who is uh, known as Ken, he's been added to the board as well. Um, so it's just him strengthening his ties with the club, strengthening his grip on the club. And he's going to have more of a say, I think, uh, in, in, the, in the day-to-day running of the, running of the ship because he's not been pleased with how it's been run the last 18 months. Yeah, that's probably fair as well. I think that's fair enough, yeah. Yeah, so we've got some questions in. Um, as always, keep these coming in. Uh, we'll get them in uh, whenever we can. Uh, Hamish is the first one. He asks, if the impossible happens and we do stay up, will we still be looking at the likes of Smith or Appleton? Well, we've kind of answered that one already. You think more will be the, the standout? I think, I think you can't. I think you can't look anywhere else if they stay up. I don't think you. I, I think. I think you have to give them the job. Mm. I can't see it being anyone else if you stay, if you stay up. Yeah, I, I, I mean, even the likes of you know the the the, the names which people are, are touted about Marco Silva and stuff like no. this, you just can't see it. Why would you? Why on earth would you? At this stage, Dan Moore, if if they stay up and Dan Moore pulls off the the most remarkable escape, why on earth would you give it to Marco Silva over the, him? You think the fans? Marco would Silva ha- went down. Mm. Dan Moore, you know, if he stays up, he hasn't gone down. I mean, it's just he's out. You know, he's out being through and through. It's so important that it's so important. Mm. I just don't see why why you would why you would I don't it would just be crazy. Yeah, Mike Campbell uh, he asks he, well he said, he starts with I don't really want to be negative but what what does Jay Rodriguez actually offer? Oh. Honestly, a bit lost as to what he gives us. Seems to lose the ball way too much and is very often a bit of a passenger. I really like him and want him to do well, but just unsure about him. Right, I am a big Jay Rodriguez fan. I'm going to give a couple of um, examples why. Firstly, he's the best he's the most natural finisher in the squad yeah easily I mean you could argue maybe Sturridge but we haven't seen it in an Albion shirt so um, Sturridge even missed a chance uh, on Saturday so um, although it did come quick at him but Rodriguez he, he you know he, he ghosts around the back he finds those little pockets in the six yard box he's a poacher but he's also capable of scoring quite good goals so there's that mm-hmm. strikers always go on streaks and you know on Saturday's game there were very few chances. We don't think he had a single chance on Saturday's game. No. But what he did, as that as that number ten dropping in as a fifth midfielder, was miles and miles of thankless running. Yeah. And he was he did he was a real team player on Saturday. I don't think he's I don't think that should go unnoticed. You know, okay, perhaps he didn't um, sparkle in the same way that uh, Livermore or, or Dawson or Brunt or um, Phillips did, or even Hagazi. Um, but what he did was you know, still crucial to the team and he was still disciplined and he does that all the time. Whether he's number 10, he's done it all season. Whether he's out on the right, um, sometimes you know, under Padre, he's playing two positions. He's playing number 10 in the middle and he's playing out on the right. He, 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 is, he, is, puts everything, he does put everything into it. Mm. Um, he's still, I think he's still the top, score, top goal scorer with 11 goals this season, which is, which is very good for a team that scored... Uh, just under 40 I think Yeah. so he's got a high percentage of the team's goals um, and he's been played out of position and he's been dropped from the team by Pardew when he was on a, on a red hot streak um, I think he's a very good very good player and I think he's underrated and I think okay he may not have looked like he was in the game much on Saturday but that's because he was doing that work as, as, a, as a fifth midfielder almost mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's a hard role that knitting you know uh, the midfield to the attack because what happens is Albion won the ball and they pumped up to Ronda and then Rodriguez has to be first there yeah. every time and he is doing a lot of running in that situation so mm. um, 
and you know I think I, as I've said before I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Rodriguez and, I, and I'd love to keep him next season regardless of what division we're in there you go Mike hope that answered your question uh, Sophia outlines what's gone wrong with Johnny Evans this season is this is this all down to the Man City move or are there other issues I think there's a couple of things I don't think he was too pleased with uh, the fact that Darren Fletcher left yeah um you know, Fletcher essentially was, you know, he was such a big part of that dressing room. Um, obviously, the skipper and um, a big friend of Johnny, and they and they and they actually car shared down from their houses in up near Manchester mm-hmm. you know, every day. Um, and they're big pals. And Darren left essentially because Stoke offered him a better contract. Um, and I don't think Fletcher was was too happy with sort of some of the criticism thrown his way when he was. I can understand that because he was asked to do a, a, a different job to what he 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 should have been by Tony Pulis. You know, he is a holding midfielder, yeah, um, and he was asked to be a sort of box to box man, which is quite tough when you you you've you know you're his age and you've dealt with what he's dealt with. Yeah. So I think losing Fletcher, first of all, annoyed Johnny um, because he didn't think the club offered uh, Fletcher enough to stay. Now, you know, we don't we're not aware of the ins and outs of that but you can make your own assumptions Stoke offered him quite a lucrative deal quite a long deal So, mm. and Stoke have a habit of doing that so you can understand why Fletcher left um, especially because of his age I also think that Johnny the Man City bid you know when that comes in you've got a chance to go and play with the best coach in world football yeah. arguably um, apart from Darren Moore apart from Darren Moore and then you see <laughs> very good and then you see you know, you see Man City romping the league, and, he's, and you're struggling at the bottom of the league. And it's tough to take, I think. And look, that's not excusing it, but I, I, I do think that um, it is difficult to maybe to to come to terms with that. Um, and the fact is that there was lots of interest in Johnny, and you know, it might have been better for Johnny and for the club if if Albany had sold him. Yeah, you'd have to say. I mean, he's still a very good defender. Don't get me wrong, class defender, but can't get ahead of can't get in the Hagazi team or Dawson. At the can't moment. get in the team at the moment. They've kept three clean sheets in the last five games. Yeah, can't get in the team. I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying he's. I'm not saying Higazi is a better defender than Evans. I don't think he is. You just don't break up that partnership when you're. But in you a, don't break a, up a partnership a like street that, when it's doing well, when it's doing well. Yeah, absolutely. Dawson's been fantastic as well. Absolutely fantastic. And we'll get round to Dawson. Don't worry. Okay. But um, the interesting thing with Evans now is I've, we've all, we've all been so accepting of the impending relegation that we thought he's going to leave for three million. If Albion pull this off, how much does he go for? Because I mean, you'd figure now fifteen twenty. Do you reckon he will go? He got one year left in his deal. Twenty fifteen twenty. Yeah, he'll go. Do you see him going? Do you reckon Man City? Well, would... it depends on the manager. Is mind you, if this step is going to be Darren Moore, and actually, I don't know. Darren Moore could, could probably. I mean, Darren Moore can. Probably reunify um, East and West Germany. Is <laughs> yeah. he the one who's brokering the North Korea South Korea thing as well? Yeah, I think he probably is. Yeah. I mean, he, his uh, his character traits are amazing. So actually, maybe you never know. You never know what could be lie beyond you know in the future. Yeah. Uh, Joe Ward asks, would you give Daniel Sturridge another chance next season, regardless of the division we're in? I can't imagine many other clubs taking the risk on him with the injury problems he has. Uh, no, I wouldn't give him another chance because he's injury prone. I don't think he's done much and if we're in the championship there's no way we can afford it if we're in the Premier League I'd rather not 
spend that money on that. I'd rather spend it elsewhere. So, mm. uh, no, I don't think I would give him a chance. And also, um, I don't think he would probably stop because of how bad it's been. Um, yeah. I'd imagine he's probably going to go somewhere like um, Monaco or PSG. Yeah. Maybe not, he's probably not big enough for PSG. No. Um, but I imagine he'll go somewhere like that. Somewhere where the money is. Yeah. That's if someone's willing to pay him the money that he's currently on. Uh, and that's a nice little segue to the last question from Charlie, Sh- Charlie Swift. Uh, is Lai preparing for a big summer of spending? Um, well, it's difficult to know when you don't know what division you're in. Mm. Um, I don't think so, considering what happened last summer. Yeah. I think they want to... Uh, big outlay last summer didn't really work out for nine tenths of the season get out of yeah and we'll get out of their overdraft which they probably should they probably will be able to and if they're down use the parachute payments wisely spread it around not buy teenagers for 16 million pounds you know maybe buy a couple of uh, if they go down maybe buy a couple of um, championship experience players for four to five mil yeah just to shore up the squad See what how much money they get for the likes of Chadley and you know Evans etc. Obviously Evans will go for three, but say they could get someone else. Yeah. Or say they could sell someone else, and then just redistribute that money. I don't think they're going to. I don't think Lai is going to spend big because the last uh, board asked him to spend big and it didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a bit about Craig Dawson. Just how good has he been in this run? Because he's keeping, as we said, just he's kept Johnny Evans outside, and he's really thriving in this central position, which we all knew he enjoyed. I really like Dawson, and the reason I like him is because I think he's improved over the last three years at right back. Yeah, I think he's a player that year on year has got better at that position. But now what we're seeing is a player playing in his natural position and absolutely flourishing in it. Mm. You know, he is. He, I mean. He's unbeatable in the air, in both boxes. Yeah, he's. I, I, you know, I, maybe Andy Carroll could beat him in the air. I can't think of many other people that that, that are better at heading the ball than he is. Be interested to see him against Benteke if Benteke's on, because Benteke, I know he's out of form, but in the air, he's a good player. I think Dawson's better than Benteke in the air. That's that's my own personal opinion. I'm, I'm sorry to say that to you. Cause I know you're a Villa fan. Yeah, but Benteke's had a poor season. He has had a bad season. So. Um, yeah, I, I just I think he's a very very underrated player um, because he got he got a lot of stick when he was shunted out to right back and he was just doing a job for the team and now he's at centre back. I think we're all seeing what a good player he is. And um, listen, there's a reason why there's a lot of clubs interested in him in the summer. Yeah, you've got a can playing him at right back now, surely. Yeah, of course. Barring an injury, it's a you know, nightmare. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, obviously his versatility is useful, but. He's a centre back. He's a great. He's a good centre back. You can see that. Mm. You said you know a lot of teams are interested in him. Do you think he's? I mean, I I don't know this. I don't know Craig's personality. I don't know his demeanour. Could he be playing for a move? Is is that why he's in such good form? No, or is he is he fighting no. the cause? No, he's not playing for a move. He's Craig Dawson is the loveliest chap you'll ever meet. Very unassuming. Doesn't like the limelight. The op- Think about the pit, how you would um, describe the stereotypical footballer. Yeah, he's the opposite of that. Mm. You know, he's from humble beginnings. Um, played non-league Radcliffe Borough, played with Rochdale. He works hard every day. You know, he goes in early to, to do yoga. Um, 
he is he is um, aware of his uh, lucrative position, and he is aware that he needs to work his socks off to to, to keep it. And it's nothing to do with playing for a move with, with Craig Dawson. Absolutely not. It's to, mm. it's to do with being the best that he wants to be, and it's to do with taking his chance at centre back because he's wanted to play there for three years, and he likes playing there. And that that is that is why he's playing so well. And he feels like a he wants to be a part of the spine of this team. Mm. And look, he's been brilliant. And um, just look at what it meant to him at full time. You know, look at what it meant to everybody. Really, I mean, after the game, this is one thing I will say. After the game, Jake Livermore was speaking about love. Everybody in the um, everybody in there love each other. He meant the staff in the club. And Jake Livermore took his kids out onto the pitch mm. as well at full time. And you know, Livermore and, and and a few others have got a lot of stick this this season, and I I understand, I completely understand why. Um, but when you're working for someone who you don't agree with, it's difficult to go to work, whatever whatever profession you're in. And yeah. yes, I know you should try and do it for the fans. And I think there are players that that were trying to do it for the fans. You know, you look at Brunt, um, rant in the dressing room. You look at um, other other people who were. Try, they were trying, you know, under Pardew. Yeah. Some of them, um, not all of them, granted, but some of them were, and they do. Des- they do need to take some a long hard look at themselves. For what happens? What's happened this season? But I think there is a genuine desire to repay the fans. I think there is. I think there is that there, and, and whether that's because Darren Moore is, is a kick, you know, has spoken some talked some sense into them. I don't know, mm. but um, you know. I, I, I do think that obviously Livermore was part of the Barcelona thing. Yeah, I get that, but he does he, he does seem to genuinely care based on that interview with Max Day he did. Yeah. Is Craig Dawson a future England prospect? He's 28, so he's not the youngest, but nor is he the oldest. I think he is. Yeah, I think he could be an England player. Absolutely. Could no. you see him? Could you see him getting into this year's World Cup squad? No. Not 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 ju- not by judging his previous England appearances. Looking at the England centre backs situation now, do you reckon he's better than some of them who are making it? Um, I think he's better than Chris Smalling. Uh, John Stones. Do you reckon he's better than him? I don't think he's better than John Stones. No. Well, he's a completely different player. Yeah. He's a completely different centre back to John Stones, in the sa- and he's a completely different centre back to Harry Maguire as well. Um. He's better at he's he's better at a lot of he's better at a lot of things than John Stones is mm. that's for sure, but John Stones is better than Dawson at a lot of things as well a lot yeah. of different things you know so depends how you want to play, um, but I I think I think he's a good centre <laughs> I think he's a good defender so yeah. I, I I could see him in a, in a couple of years time uh, if he keeps this up at centre back or even a year's time getting getting into the England squad why not mm. right mini little mini little quiz now a little bit of trivia there are three players who have played for Albion who still currently play football today who have featured for England whilst playing for the Baggies can you name all three Jake Livermore correct Ben Foster correct those are the two easy ones so there's a pl- player who's still playing for Albion now. no no he, he's played he's played for Albion but he's still playing today he hasn't retired alright but when he got this England cap he had one it was with Albion Ricky Lambert no he's retired isn't he he has retired now. He only had one England cap whilst playing at Albion. He's had four total. He's only had one England cap whilst playing for Albion, but he had four in total. Yeah. 
He's not in the reckoning with England now. This is a tricky one. It's tough. Do you need a clue? Yeah, give me a clue. Played for Villa as well. Julian Lescott. No. Oh my god, he's, he's retired. Um, played for Villa. He did. Goalkeeper. Oh, uh, Scott Carson. Yes, Scott Carson. There you go. That's your little bit. He's having a good season, apparently. Yeah, he hasn't done bad. He hasn't done bad down in the championship. Let's finish up. Crystal Palace versus West Brom. Final day. 3pm kickoff. all the games are 3pm uh, as is the standard case on the last day of the season it could come down to this one obviously depending on results uh, to, or results tonight um, I suppose there's a thing which a lot of Albion fans will be asking is could could Palace be on the beach I hope so I hope so yeah and do you reckon Roy could do us a favour no of course not I mean Roy loves Roy loves the Albion, doesn't he? But uh, no, he's a professional bloke first and foremost, and also he's very. De- I mean, every manager isn't everyone at the top level of football. But they're all very determined to win. You, mm-hmm. I mean, that comes across when you interview these people. Yeah, they do not like losing. So um, you have to have that drive and determination to get to the top. So no, he will not want to uh, lose that one. Last home game of the season, absolutely not. Mm. Unchanged team, do you reckon? Unchanged team for Albion. Yeah, even on the bench, do you reckon? Is it the same bench as well? Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah. Your money's got to be on Albion for this one, hasn't it? I mean, they're unbeaten under more. They're in a great little team, great oh. little patch of form. Did you know that no team they're on the longest unbeaten streak in the Premier League at the moment? Oh, really? Yeah. More so than Man City, Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool lost to Chelsea. Liverpool lost to Chelsea the weekend. Man City lost to Man United. Oh yes. Oh, that's a stat. Have you tweeted that? Uh, I, it's in one of my pieces. Oh, you should tweet that. I'm guaranteed get some retweets there, mate. If you have some retweets. Uh, is there anyone particularly uh, that you're worried about in terms of the Eagles? Well, yeah, Zaha. He's the only person to be worried about. Um, well, not the only person. They've got some good players. Mili Vojevic is good. and yeah, Benteke could always pop up with a header, I suppose. But Zaha's the one, isn't he? And, um, Depending on the position he plays. I mean, I, Well, I if, he Spurs... Neom, if, he, uh, if he drops onto Neom, if he drops onto Neom, I don't know. I could see Neom getting... The yellow early on, and you never know what might happen there. But um, I don't know. Neon nearly nearly got himself sent off. Got himself sent off the yeah. So I don't know, but um, yeah, we'll see. All right, match prediction. Uh, Crystal Palace uh, one, West Bromwich Albion two. I think it will be two 0 Albion. Two 0 Albion. Yeah, I staying up. I think uh, this is this is a question I was going to ask you. Do they survive? And I'm going to say. Yes, they do. You're going to say yes, they survive. So I what, think so. You think tonight will be a nil-nil draw? Tonight will be a draw. No, neither side will want to lose that game tonight. I think it's going to be so cagey. It's not. It's not going to be a proper game of football. You're going to watch it. I am going to watch I'm it. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it, and I'm going to be heart in my mouth, the, especially if it gets to the last ten minutes the, and they're still drawing. The best thing is, is that um, the in-laws are from Swansea. So I'm oh gonna, wow! I'm going to watch it with them, and. Uh, yeah, we'll be praying for a draw. Yeah, but I don't think it'll be a proper game of football. I think that's got draw written all over it. I hope you're right, mate. I hope you're right. And then Southampton get battered by uh, Man City, yeah. three four nil. We we win two nil, and then Stoke. Stoke just they're not they're playing for pride now. I, the only the only worry I have with Stoke is all this stuff coming out about players messing about and you know doing getting away with murder, as Charlie Adam was saying. That that worries me. I think the Albion yeah, they could completely yeah, but, down tools. Butland said something similar, so yeah, they might they might lose. They could three or four nil on the last day of the season. But I'm hoping they don't. I hope they play with a little bit of freedom, 
They sit there. I've They haven't won Stoke haven't won since Paul Lambert's first game in charge. Yeah, I know, I know. They beat they beat Huddersfield when he when he came in, but I can just I'm I'm hoping I've got a lot of friends in Stoke conference, so I'm hoping they'll all do me a favour. All them Stoke fans, I just hope they'll do me a favour. Um we'll see. I would love it. I would love to see Albion I'd love it. It would be one of the stories of the Premier League in it would be one of the stories of the Premier League ever. Yeah, it'd be up there with um, with Leicester, wouldn't it? I mean, in, in completely different ways. Um, and yeah. the opposite of Leicester as well. When Leicester won it, I thought they were going to be do- doomed for a season of mediocrity. And I think Albion next season, if they stay up, I've, I can see they'll have such a bounce. If, if more is still there, they'll have such a bounce. I can see them playing well next season. I can see them, you know, avoiding all this relegation worry and sitting in, sitting pretty in like eleventh or twelfth. I really can. I don't know. <laughs> a long, I mean, a year is a long time in football. Remember what we were doing last this time last year? We were te- finished tenth in the in the league. So. Maybe I'm just getting caught up in it. Uh, a year is a long time. It um, is. You're yeah. certainly keep, keeping a lot cooler than I am. Mate. You've got to, haven't you? I, I, I did lose it when the goal went in at the weekend. So uh, I'm, that's quite forgivable, mate. As a as a West Brom fan, I'm sure you were you were somewhat restrained still in what you were writing on Twitter and your match report. So. Uh, Either way, good luck to the Albion this weekend. Good luck to them tonight. Anyone listening before now, I'm sure you've got your finger before the game. I'm sure you've got your fingers crossed as we do. But regardless of what happens, it's great to see Albion doing well. So we are sure to catch you guys next week. Thank you, Matt, for uh, featuring yet again in another podcast. Another Thank you, Luke. Very positive podcast. As yeah, well. and uh, next week I'm sure we'll be doing a season roundup, which might be quite fun. Um, and you know who knows discussing managers maybe new incoming on the way we'll and, see and then after that maybe a nice break yeah uh, yeah maybe uh, maybe try and go and watch some tennis or some cricket or something yeah. then there's a World Cup mate the World oh yeah Cup. there's a World Cup yeah there we go yeah, I've already booked a holiday for the World Cup I'm gonna oh, I can't wait I can't wait for that either yeah well either way let's get this, this season done with first good luck to the Albion um, Matt anything else to add uh, no, just uh, if if we're still going by um, Sunday, keep everything crossed. There we go. There we go. And I'll see you at uh, Selhurst Park. Yes, Selhurst Park. Follow us live there. Uh, we'll have we'll have updates for, throughout the afternoon. So stick with us at expressstar.com for all that. <laughs>